All right, New York sports fans, doing another episode of the Jersey Turnpike Boys. I'm Zach, while my co-host Nick. Nick, how you doing today? Zach, I don't know how to feel. I was happy after Sunday. Now I'm just playing up depressed and angry. Your uh, your mil- your million dollar guy, multi million dollar guy, Garrett Cole, did not get the job done when uh, it mattered most. Zach, we have a lot to discuss on that one. First off. Just want to say thank you to everyone who tuned into the live stream of the game, Yankees Red Sox wildcard game on uh, Tuesday night. Appreciate all the support on that. Um, yeah, nothing went right in that game besides, actually, not even besides, nothing went right in that game. And to be honest, it's certainly a surprise anyone how bad the Yankees play in that game on Tuesday. Well, Garrett Cole just didn't get the job done. You know what? That's. You Only gotta, the beginning. You got to expect him to pitch better than he did, and you got to expect him to go further into that game. That's somewhere where I'm the most disappointed with. You know, look, Garrett Cole's had an unbelievable year, and I think you're Crappy an idiot September, if you do. though. Crappy September. Yeah, a terrible September. But you're an idiot if you don't want Garrett Cole on your team. Yeah. Well, yeah, obviously. Finish second and finish second and gonna finish second. Cy Young voting team guy. Yeah. I think led the league in strikeouts this year. Garrett Cole's a valuable piece to any baseball team, but Yankees did not pay him $324 million to not get through two and a third innings. And I am so disappointed on how he I didn't even think it was two and a third. I think it was two innings plus. I don't think he even got an out in the third. He inning. didn't get an out, but I'm saying he didn't, even make, he didn't even make it to two and a third inning. Yeah. Like that's – we paid you $324 million like, that's where I'm most disappointed. Cole has not been a problem, the problem with the Yankees this year. But when we needed him most, he was awful. And that is, like, the most – that's the thing I'm really disappointed about this game. But besides Cole, the rest of the stem Yankees team, nothing came as a shock to me. It's been the same crap I've been watching all year. So, you know, you have Anthony Rizzo and Judge Giancarlo stand at the top of the order. All three played, I think, really good games. Stan basically should have had three home runs if Fenway wasn't a stupid stadium that was he, built. No, but, but Stan has got to run out of the box. He should know yeah. the stadium better and be hustling out of the box. He definitely, that first, the one in the first inning, that he definitely could have stretched that into a double. Yeah, but you looked at this lineup on Tuesday. So it was Rizzo, Judge, Stan. And they were the only three that showed up. After that, it was Gallo in the cleanup spot. Terrible. Labor Torres. Ter- Gallo did not perform as a Yankee. Brett Gardner. Gio Urshela. Higashioka, who shouldn't have been in the lineup in the first place. And then Andrew Velasquez. So, you know, DJ was hurt. You couldn't put him in the leadoff spot. But it didn't matter because it's the same crap I've been watching from this Yankees team. You knew, you looked at that lineup on Tuesday, and you knew that if you weren't getting production out of the top three, you knew you weren't getting runs until they came up again. So when they went, when Stan obviously hit that single, and then Gallo did what Joey Galli, Gallo classically does nothing. Um, you know, you knew you weren't, they weren't getting anything again until Rizzo, Judge, and Stan came up again. They were the only ones that were real threats on offense. And you know what? That's really been the story of the Yankees this year. Labor Torres has been a huge disappointment. Gallo, we thought, was going to be a big splash at the deadline. Nothing. Brett Gardner, in his defense, should not have been playing and should not have been the starting center fielder. Aaron Hicks got hurt. 
That's a problem. Shell has been a letdown. Higashioka, Derek Cole insists on having Higashioka be his personal catcher, so you have to put him in the lineup for a must-win playoff game, and you have to sleep Gary Sanchez on the bench, but he's a whole other story, and I'll get into that in a second, too. Um, and then Andrew Velasquez, you brought up because with DJ Hurd, you wanted to get some better defense at shortstop. You knew there wasn't going to be much of his bat, but it's just it's, this Yankee offense, is, there's nothing went, on it. They went with a defensive lineup. They went with a defensive lineup, but... And, yeah, yeah, outside of uh, Rizzo, Stanton, and Judge, their, their bats did not produce. But you know what, though? And then Phil Nevin did... <laughs> Well, well, we'll get into that too. Sending Judge home. But when the Yankees got desperate, there wasn't much offense on the bench, too. Let's be realistic here. Rudin and Odor struck out on like four pitches. Gary Sanchez has been probably the most inconsistent player in baseball the last two, three years. That's not obviously you want him in the lineup if he's on, he's one of the best. Um, hitters and best hitting catchers in baseball, but who else was on the bench besides that? Like it was, I don't know anyone else. No, well, maybe right, it was her. Right. Outside of your your three bit big guys, you didn't get much production. No, and it was and then embarrassing. Having, then Cole having the the bad start just put you out of the game. And you That's know what, what sucks is about the, sucks about the one game playoff. You know anything can happen. But you know what though. The Yankees were what the Yankees were all year. No offense. Some good starting pitching, maybe carried them through at times. Most inconsistent bats in baseball. Well, you watched the Met game? Judge, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Judge and Stan are what carried the team into the playoffs the last month of the season. No one else really produced besides those two. And it's just super frustrating. And the Yankees like really – Yankees need to take a hard look at this team. And they got to really – revamp it, really kind of reload it. There's a lot of positions. Really, besides Judge and Sten, I don't know who else you really keep in this lineup next year. Well, do your changes start in management? Do they start with the manager? Do they start with the GM? Do you think it's well, especially Boone. Do you think Boone comes back? Do you think Boone's the guy? A lot of people have been getting mad about how Boone's been this year. But Boone's not the problem. The bigger problem is upper management with Brian Cashman. And you know what it is? I'll go back. This problem basically, I think, starts back after 2017. So 2017 season, a rebuilding team comes within one game of making the World Series. And arguably, they probably should have made the World Series because of a cheating scandal. The team they lost to had a cheating scandal. That, that's a whole another shit that's already been probably discussed in life with everyone. Um, but you had Aaron Judge as a rookie who was an MVP candidate. Gary Sanchez is an all-star. Luis Severino was an all-star. You know, um, you signed back Chapman that first year. He was an all-star lights-out closer for four years. Brian Cashman had all the cards in his hands to build a World Series winning team. And they came close in 2019, losing the ALCS again. But Yankees have not gone as close as they did after the 2017 season to getting to a World Series as they did. And, you know, it's super frustrating because they had – Brian Cashman had the cards in front of him 
to make a World Series winning team. And I feel like his arrogance a little bit kind of shot out. He decided to get rid of Joe Girardi because he didn't like – he wanted to control the team and how the team was going to be run to bring in Aaron Boone, who's basically his puppet, because they want yeah, the I analytics. Don't, I, don't, I don't think that Joe Girardi would have this team any better position than Aaron Boone personally. Well, I don't think Joe no, no, this is, the, is that special. This is the problem, Zach. It's that Cashman insisted on how the team was going to be fielded and how the team was going to be managed and run. So Cashman's huge on the analytics. Okay. So Aaron Boone basically, his ups, the upstairs guys with their iPads and all their math nerds. And then are you not big on analytics? A, yes and no. I don't. So where do where they, they mess up? Just again, the I think they live too much. Analytics are good. I think you really should use analytics, but you gotta also naturally run the game. You don't run the game on the computer. And on top of that, too, Yankees clearly aren't the best analytics team. The Rays use analytics more than the Yankees. They're ahead of them. The Dodgers have gone to the World Series, what, three of the last four seasons? Yeah. And they're ahead of them. Dodgers, Giants, what a what a great series. Giants are now the most analytical team in baseball. They have a hundred Seven wins this year. Who would have thought the Giants would have had 107 wins this year? So it's not even the fact that it's not even the fact that it's too much analytics. They're not using the best analytics because these other teams are using analytics and beating them. And like, let's look at it this way too. And I'll also bring back to another point. So I don't know how much you remember about 2019, Zach. 100 win team lost in six games in the ALCS. Yeah, you had. That team's very similar to the team that's on the field this year. But yeah, the difference is... Well, look at last year. Last year, you guys barely squeezed into the playoffs. A pandemic-extended playoffs probably got them into the playoffs. But let's look at the difference. Glaber Torres led the team with 34 home runs. All-star shortstop. All-star second baseman slash shortstop because he played both positions that year with D.D. coming back. Gary Sanchez, an all-star catcher. LeMahieu, obviously an all-star, turned MVP in 2020. Urshela really stepped up that year. Um, none of those guys have contributed the last two years, besides LeMahieu. LeMahieu's an, in, LeMahieu's an exception. I think LeMahieu was hurt this year, and that also hurt him. But yeah. Gleyber Torres has not been anywhere near what he was in 2019. Sanchez has been – Sanchez was better this year than he was in 2020, but he hasn't been where it was. And what was something that was debated a lot in baseball in 2019, Zach? Do you remember what that was? I don't know where you're going at this. Do you remember the juice baseballs debate that they thought the baseballs benefited hitters yeah, to fly yeah. out? What do the Yankees live and die off of? I mean, yeah, they're a home run team. But every, a lot of teams were home run teams, and they, they but, lost the juice ball. But so you gotta, it leveled you, out. Who do you think it hurt the most? I mean, it probably... It hurt the New York Yankees the most. Why do you, I don't know if I necessarily say that. If the Yankees don't have... If the Yankees don't hit home runs, they don't win baseball so games. That's the simple thing. Especially in City Field. But the, but the Yankees City Field. But the Yankees also won hundred and some games no. in two years because they live the that many home runs. The same ball. Everyone but, has the same ball. It's but, level. But no, I'm saying you want to beat the Yankees, don't give up home runs. And when you lose the ability to easily hit more home runs, okay, let's compare. Do you want me to get Glaber Torres a home run stats loss? Two years up, he had 34 29 Baseball's home run stats two years ago. But then, okay, but then here's my next point. But then here's my next point, Zach. 
the 2019 playoffs. You know how they, why the Yankees lost in the playoffs that year? Why? Because there's the runners on first and second, second, they're runners in scoring position. Couldn't get the big RBI still, couldn't get the double. If they didn't hit a whole run, they're not winning baseball games. That's what it simply comes down to. If the Yankees don't hit home runs, they don't win. They don't hit in the clutch when they have runners on in scoring position. The Yankees were one of the worst teams with runners in scoring position this year, and they were terrible in 2019 as well, when especially the competition gets stiffer and you need the big hits. So I think the Yankees also, Cashman built the team to be too reliant on the home run balls, and it benefited them two years ago because of what everyone believes was juice baseballs. Now when the baseballs kind of maybe went back to normal or less beneficial to hitter, it's also hurt the Yankees. And that's why also other criticism of Cashman. He built a team that lived and died off the home run ball. He really did. Yeah. And he didn't need to do that. And, and he had the opportunity. Cashman has not been perfect, obviously. Cashman, Cashman I think, has been stuck in his own ways. And that's why they haven't been able. And they... If I'm thought after 2017 that I'd be talking in 2021 about them not winning a World Series yet, I would kind of be surprised. Every car was on the table for them to build a World Series winning team, and it just didn't happen. And it's super frustrating. I think it's well, a little bit of, fan. but it's a little bit of to that make the playoffs. I don't want to make the playoffs, Zach. I want a ring. That's what I want. Be happy you made the playoffs. You guys be happy I made the playoffs. No. Why do we play to win the game? Why do we play the baseball games, Zach? Do we play to make the playoffs or do we play to win the World Series? You know what? I don't feel that bad for you. Okay, you know what? Don't, don't feel, feel bad, bad for me, but you know what? I expect more from my teams than I expect. I expected a World Series by this point. I haven't gotten that. I'm what do you pissed. what do you expect from the Giants this Sunday? Shifting gears uh to the football field. Shifting gears to the football fields. Well, Let's go back to Sunday first, Zach, against the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, and a big win. Giants and Jets both get the job done. Who now? Who knew that could happen? Giants now, and Jets win the same day. Zach, you want to stay? And the you Bills want, one. You don't want to know why? No one cares. Bills don't count as a New York team. Get out of here. Um, you know what I think was the difference maker, Zach, and something that we hadn't seen in the first three games of the season that helped the Giants win this game? There were a lot of things. Production from Saquon, uh, Kadarius, Tony playing. Um, you got a third one. Come on. Daniel Jones throwing for 400 yards. Well, Daniel Jones has played well, so let's not throw them on that. pretty well, too. Now there's one big one you're missing. Turnovers? Not turnovers. There was one other addition this offseason that also played really well. Oh, Kenny Galladay. Yeah. Kenny Galladay. So... The Giants, so let's talk about it. Okay. So the Giants, biggest moves of the offseason were what? Well, well definitely Kenny Galladay. And? A big splash. And? Who was the other one? What are you going at? Kadarius Tony. So okay, you we knew we had a good, we had, Giants knew they had a good defense in 2020. Correct? Yeah, better than they played so far in 2021. And? What was really lacking for the Giants was the offense last year. So what did the yeah, Giants they, do to improve that and make him test Daniel Jones this year and see if Daniel Jones is the guy? Yeah, they gave him some weapons. Time gave him weapons. And Sterling Shepard, before he got hurt, was looking nice. And he definitely made a big leap, too. But that's what I'm saying is that – and with the return of Saquon on top of that, too. Saquon's and who had, good. He's and good. who had the 
And look, Saquon Barkley had – I have my stats up here. Hold on a second. Saquon Barkley, 13 carries for 52 yards and a touchdown, plus five receptions for 72 yards, 74 yards and a touchdown. Kenny Galloway, six receptions for 116 yards. Kadarius Tony, six receptions for 78 yards. The players we brought in this offseason to help Daniel Jones and improve the offense, to help push the team to the next level, stepped up on Sunday. And if the Giants can continue to get that, the Giants could be a threat. They stepped up when they needed to. Both Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard out, hamstring injuries. And I believe, I know Sterling's out uh, against Dallas. I believe Darius Slayton is also going to be inactive. I'm not 100% sure of that. I think what I've been seeing is that it's more likely Shepard's going to return before Slayton. So both of them are probably going to be out for Sunday. I think I think Shepard was definitely listed as out, and Slayton's prop most likely not going to play. So uh-huh. Kadarius Tony definitely made a nice impact against uh, the Saints. Hopefully, he'll do that again against Dallas. And then, yeah, Kenny Galladay played like played like he was getting paid. He played like the man we're paying him to be. So absolutely good, good and, to see that. And the offensive line played. I thought the offensive line played really well. I thought Daniel Jones had time to throw, and I, that's the best offensive line has played all season. Absolutely. My concerns to still Zach, and let me know if you feel this way. I'm still concerned on the play calling and what Jason Garrett is calling as offensive coordinator. Do you agree with that? Yes, but it looks better. I'm there's still concerns, but it's I see improvement. I'll give you an example. Right before the half, the Giants went down to the red zone. And they missed the field goal with uh, – what's his face? Gano. With Gano. Gano missed the field goal. I know. He's problematic. What did, you, what did you do as soon as that happens? You called me in anger. And then what were you also mad about? Not that Gano also missed the field oh, goal. Yeah. But what were you mad about? On that? Well, they, they did three straight runs, right? Oh, no, they, they threw it? What did, I forget what they did. It was very poor play calling now in the red zone. Did they go for like a deep ball or something? And there was like fourth and one. I'm like, why are we throwing? Yeah, there was something like yeah. that, right? And then why are you throwing? You have one of the best running backs, the former number two overall draft pick, and it's fourth and one. Fourth and one. I mean, uh, third and one. My bad. Third, third and one, one. Yeah. Third and one. Why are you not punching the ball down the middle? You just push, and then, or even a Daniel Jones just runs at QB sneak. Why are we throwing deep passes on third and one on the opponent's territory? Like, come on. Come you know, on. and then there was another. Call a better play than that. That was a terrible play call. Other, other than that, though, I think Jason Garrett did call up. He called a pretty deep. But, but I'm still concerned because there was another. The Giants put it together and obviously got the game winning score in overtime with Saquon rushing it in, in the red zone. But I think the Giants won the red zone three times. At least. I, don't, I could be wrong. They were in the red zone at least three times, and I think they settled for a field goal and a missed field goal on two of those occasions. There's still red zone concerns with this team. I think Jason Garrett needs to figure that out. Play. There are definitely red zone concerns with this team. The Giants have the worst red zone offense in the league, I'm pretty sure. And if they want to beat a team like Dallas, who has a very high-powered offense, they're going to have to take advantage of when they're in the red zone. They're going to have to capitalize with touchdowns. Because you know Dallas is going to put up points against Giants defense. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially without Blake Martinez. 
But you know what that would say? You know what that would say? going to hurt them against Dallas. You know what that would say? The Giants can't make mistakes. This is the first game. This is the first game that the Giants, I think, didn't shoot themselves in the foot to lose the game. Do you agree? Like they might have in the first half, but they came. They had a really nice fourth quarter Mm -hmm. by Daniel Jones, which was great to see. He had either probably the best game of his career. Yeah, and you know what? If we continue getting this production from Saquon, and we get production from Galladay, and we get production from Gadarius Tony, I didn't think. Last week that the Giants were going to win one of their next six games. You're optimistic now going into Dallas. And you're not that confident that they're going to win a lot of the games upcoming after Dallas. But you're optimistic. But you're beat the Cowboys. But we struggled so much against the Cowboys. But are you optimistic they can beat some of these teams coming up? So okay, so they're at Dallas this weekend. I think you and I both agree that they're all we're optimistic they can win that game. I'm optimistic. I mean, Dallas is definitely the favorite in that game, but I'm optimistic. And the Giants, the Giants are going to be in that game. I definitely think the Giants are going to make. I mean, other than the Denver game, where where they were they were in the game like through three quarters. The Giants have played super competitive this year, and if it wasn't for one offside call, they'd be two and two. They'd be two and, and two. And if it wasn't for a couple of bad plays in the Falcons game. They'd be three and one. <laughs> We'd be looking at three and one. They were both, both those games, the Washington football game and the Falcons game were both winnable games. Absolutely. Even the Denver game was a winnable game for most of the game. No, I think that like, was, they had a shot. Them, I don't know. I think they, were they leading at the Dallas, house? They might've been no, leading at the house. No, no, they were, they should have, but they gave up a last second touchdown at the half and then oh, they converted gotcha. on fourth down on top of that in that game. So they didn't make big plays in the two. I'm not really gonna credit that game as like a oh they could have won that game. I'll say the Washington game and I'll say the Atlanta game. I'm not gonna put Denver in that argument. But no, I actually if the Giants continue to play the way they do and we get production from Saquon and Galladay and Tony, yeah. Dallas is not a game that they it's impossible to win that game. Very it's possible. Very possible. They are, obviously the offense is going to be the thing. I think the defense will do a decent job of keeping Dak and the Cowboys in line. Uh, I hope. I don't think they need to get some pressure on like, Dak. I don't think it's going to be like they're only going to hold them to like 15 points, but no. you know, I think they can hold them to 21, 28 points. That'd be a good game. And if the Giants. Giants offense, if you can get Galladay and Saquon and Jones playing again. I also want to point out, Jones was the NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Let's go. Let's Let's go. Daniel Jones. Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes. So, look, I think the Cowboys, it's possible they can win that game. And then, hey, look, they got the Rams, Panthers, Chiefs, and Raiders and Fox. Yikes. Yikes. Huge yikes. That's a rough schedule. Jeez. I can see they don't get a break. I wouldn't be shocked if they lost all five of those games. But I think all, there's a couple five tough games. Maybe the Panthers. They can coming off the loss I'm, against Dallas. Man, I don't know. They might this be is the competitive. optimistic. This is the optimistic giant fan talking that they can beat Raiders, maybe. Raiders just games. got crushed by the Chargers. They're completely optimistic. Outplayed. Giant fan thinks they can maybe squeak out two of those games. 
yeah, we'll see. The optimistic giant fan. Moving uh to the Jets, the Jets in London uh, dude, Sunday take on Atlanta. Dude, how about? I'm not gonna lie, I think that was a more exciting. The Jet game was a more exciting game than the Zach giant Wilson game. played the giant really game well. Was, and the Giant game was incredible. That Jet game, man, what a game on Sunday! I was watching that one. Um, you got production a, from uh, good production from Jameson Crowder and Corey Davis too. They look really, they look really good. Uh, Zach Wilson, yeah, Zach Wilson's starting to look better, starting to look more comfortable. You know what? Starting to do the Zach, things he did at BYU. Someone, I was watching the pregame of this game, and they pointed out with both wide receivers. Um, AJ Green, not AJ Green, AJ Brown. Brown and Julio yeah. Jones both hurt. That they felt this could possibly be a winnable game for the Jets. And well, Tannehill got sacked like seven times too. Tennessee offensive line was atrocious, absolutely you know atrocious. And Tennessee's defense sucked. They, I think they, they must have a pretty crappy secondary. I don't really yeah. know much about the Titans secondary. They played like crap, and I think they're. If I, uh, if I remember seeing in fantasy, I might be wrong here, but they were either 30th or 31st ranked defense in the NFL right now. So they're one of the worst defenses in the NFL. And the Jets had a good pass rush. The Jets were getting pressure on Tannehill that whole game. So, yeah, this was a good matchup for the Jets, and they got the job done. And so, you know what it good, is? Good for, the, good for s- Robert Sala, getting his first one as head coach. So maybe that team will have more confidence. And they got a, they got an easy matchup this week against Atlanta. Yeah, another winnable game. I said this, yeah. I said this last week. It was something I was disappointed on. I think obviously they don't listen to me, but they certainly respond in the way you. They should listen to you, Nick. Time. Maybe they should listen to you. <laughs> Can't get any worse than I said, the Jets. I said how the Jets looked the first three weeks. Besides the Carolina game, there was no fight in them in both the Patriots game and the game against. Um, against the Broncos. Mm. Both shutouts, no touchdowns, offensive touchdowns. You at least want to see something from Zach Wilson, and you want to see the offense kind of push it a little bit and kind of the overall team maybe not be the favorite team on the field, but at least kind of fight that and outplay what they're supposed to be expected to do. And, look, the Jets certainly did that. And, you know, I think a lot of Jet fans were waiting for that breakout game Zach Wilson, this was it. I don't know how you could have asked for Zach Wilson to play any better than how he played on. Well, well he's got he's got another favorable matchup. One of the, the worst defensive units, if not the worst defensive unit in the NFL in Atlanta. So Zach Wilson is another favorable matchup. Jameson Crowder, Corey Davis better play well again, too, because they can they can win that game. They definitely they, win that they game. Absolutely can win that game. And you know what? It is – I've kind of been saying this, but it does come down to how Zach Wilson plays. And I think Zach Wilson's – He has to carry bound that team. for another. Yeah. I think Zach Wilson's bound for another big game against Atlanta. It's a favorable matchup. Obviously, it's going to be tough going to London. We'll see. 9.30 Eastern game. time, I think that game is. Yeah, 9.30. 9.30 Eastern time. Yeah. So I, early morning game. That's absolutely a winnable game, but it's going to come down to what Zach Wilson does. And Zach Wilson needs to play like the number two overall pick that he was – like he played on Sunday. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, two big games coming up this weekend, Giants and Dallas. Uh, and then the Jets in London to take on the Falcons. Uh, Nick, let's see. Let's see. Who do you got? Giants and Jets. You think they both get the get the job done on Sunday? 
I think the Jets get it done. How right now I'll say no on the Giants. Wow, you're picking wrong. Dallas. I'll pick Dallas, but I think it's gonna be Giants are gonna put it in a fight. And the Giants are gonna put give me a score. Giants Dallas. I think it'll be like a 27-24 game. But well, I got that the I'm other way around. 27-24. Big Blue gets the job done in Dallas. Well, well you're gonna be there, so. get the job done. Yes, I'll be, be there, in so. attendance. I'll be in Jerry's now, world. Dallas, now, I also am saying Dallas, that Texas. because I'm also saying I think Dallas squeaks out the victory because I don't know who I'm going to record this podcast with the Giants get that victory in Jerry's world. And then you in your Saquon jersey, you're screaming, going nuts, yay, go Giants, yay. And then some drunk Cowboys fan uh, snaps your neck. Let's hope that doesn't happen. Let's hope, <laughs> let's hope I make it home alive. And with, with a giant Giants w. w. I like right. that idea. I think all right. we, yeah, it's all the time we have for today. As always, thank you for listening. We always appreciate the support. Yeah, thank you guys for the support as always on the live streams, on the podcast episodes. Um, if you're not already, as always, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Jersey Turnpike Boys Podcast and then at Jersey Turnpike Boys on TikTok as well. Um, so always appreciate the support as always, guys. Until next time, guys. Till next time.